How is everything, okay. man? Man, everything good, man. Honestly, just recovering from that, going home, coming, get my voice back right. Got some stuff lined up for this weekend, so I'm trying to down throat coat and warm honey tea and salt gargles and all kinds of foolishness. But I'm cooling though, man. Yeah, um, yeah. And it's 2023. You gotta watch how you say throat coat. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, I got a seven. I got a seventeen-year-old dog. I knew I was supposed to say paws. I, I knew I was talking to cap. I can talk to cap old ass. I ain't got to use paws. Other ears. I ain't realize other folks were listening. Okay. <laughs> okay. About ready to start this thing up. Yes, sir. All right, man. Cue that um that generic free intro. Yeah, sounds like free to me. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Capital City Podcast. I'm your host, Capital J, alongside my main man, DL Glass. And tonight, or today, or this morning, this afternoon, this evening, whenever you're listening, you know, uh, we're going to be talking about homecomings. Hmm. But I got not not a homecoming king, but I got right. the homecoming hmm. king. We on the same page. Yeah, y'all. I got I the that. homecoming okay. king <laughs> to join us along uh, on the show tonight. A man that goes by by the name of B Dot. Say what's up to the people. What's happening? What's happening? What's happening? What's happening? That's me, B Dot. Let me get this. <laughs> me, 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 B, B, B. Yeah, that's me. I'm yeah. good. What's happening, Cap? Man, what's, what's good? What's good? What's good? What's good? Now, what made me think about this is uh this past this past week was the legendary with Salem State University Rams homecoming. I thought it was A&T. You said legendary. My bad. Nah, the, nah, the legendary yeah. homecoming. That's us. You hear that? Is, see, man. <laughs> you hear that? See, like, you know what, man? First of all, can I just say something? Can I just say this? First, Get him. <laughs> first of all, I think it's dope that y'all are doing this podcast. But, I, like, I feel like I'm making a collect call from a penitentiary <laughs> right now on this phone with y'all. Like what in the penitentiary podcast is going on right now? Like, I'm supposed to be able to see y'all. Like, why are we not zooming or something? Like, what in the inmate interview is going on on this call tonight, man? What are we doing, guys? I want to be able to see faces. So when DL Glass is making his little snarky comment, I can know he's being a smart ass over there. You dig what I'm saying? Well, you know, you're welcome. You're welcome to come to Riley from Charlotte. Yes, anytime. What's up, man? We got to do this again live, man. I want to pull up, man. Like, absolutely. I want to see the studio and all of that, gang, for sure. All right. Well, we're going to redo this thing, and we'll we have a right. whole nother thing to talk about then. Right. You know what absolutely. I'm saying? Absolutely. We'll talk about Carolina basketball or something. Man. We'll, we'll wait to around the Carolina Duke game and come down after that. We'll do something like that. Hey, okay. yes, indeed. Next time you're in town, hit us up, right. and we're going to go all the way L-I-V-E. Now, bet that. <clears throat> In the meantime, I, I don't know if you've been paying attention, but we always start in the beginning. We start in the beginning. <laughs> right. Now, first of all, let me explain something to you people. For those right. that may not know who B Dot is, okay. Now, you know that I spent time on 102 Jams, worked there for 11 long years. Right. The latter part of my tenure mm-hmm. was spent on the morning show with this man, B Dot. Kyle Santillian. Okay. And Africa. Okay. Remember Africa the Queen? We had right. her own. Yes. And I watched this man grow into a full blown entertainer. 
Right. Mm-hmm. And when I say full blown entertainer, we're gonna we're gonna let you talk about all this stuff, B dot, and how how you went from a dude to the dude. All right. right. And and this started when um when I went from the mix show to the morning show. There was a dude running around the building interning. His name was Brian. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, you know what? That guy's got something. He got something special. And I remember one day, Brian, our program director, who's also been on the podcast. Yes. He came, yep. he, he said, hey, Cap, uh, what do you think about, what do you think about B-Doc? I said, hey, Brian, that dude, that dude got something, man, you know. What do you think about, about having him join, join the show? I said, that would be a great idea. Mm-hmm. And I said, now, at the time, I didn't know much about B-Dot. I'm a, you, know what, you know what really pushed me to push you? Yep. Yes. It was. Yes, I do. He always used correct grammar. <laughs> yep. No, for Proper real. Ignorant. For real. For it real. One night, it was one night I remember in particular, man, because to, to that point, um, again, man, like I came from the projects of Greensboro, North Carolina, east side of Greensboro, right up the street from um, A&T and Cumberland Court. Um, I stayed a lot of times in Hampton Homes. My partner's over there in Smith Homes on the south side. I went to college as a 20-year-old because my mom pretty much gave me an ultimatum. Like, I was still 20 living in the house. And my mom was on some joint like, listen, you got to get out of my house. You got to go to college or you got to get your own career. Like, and Whoa. Um, it wasn't even, no cap deal. It wasn't even her that told me that. It was my stepdad. She had gotten remarried. Oh. And he gave me that ultimatum. How you feel about that? Being, dude, I was hot. Like From I him, right? Years being like, I was mad at him. Right. Feeling like he could come in the crib and feel like he could dictate something to that degree. Mm-hmm. And then I was angry at my mom for allowing a dude to come in and feel like he could talk to me and kick me out type joint. Mm-hmm. But it was the best decision ever. He was making a man out of me. You know what I'm saying? Like a mother's job is to protect. A yes. mother's job is to coddle. A father's job is to prepare. You did what I'm saying? And Absolutely. when my mom was coddling me and protecting me from, no, he's not ready to go out yet. He's like, he's never going to be ready if you keep doing this. He's got to go out there and see what it's about. But right. me still being lazy, I was on some drug like, shoot, if I go to college, that's four years they're going to pay for my room and all that. I'm going to go to college. Baby boy. I didn't want to go to A&T because I was from Greensboro. Like I had been up in Barbie Hall more than the average student. You did. So I didn't want to do A&T. And Winston-Salem State seemed far enough where I was away from home, but still close enough that I could get a meal or wash some clothes if need be. That was my thought process. Right. And um, Winston-Salem State literally changed the trajectory of my life. Like, my HBCU saved my life. Because before I went to Winston-Salem State, there was no be that. I was just Brian McLaughlin. And my, one of my partners at State, everybody was calling me B my freshman year. And he was like, yo, man, it's a bunch of Bs around here, but you be dot. You know, mm-hmm. This was like, this was 2000. So, like, dot com was really becoming a thing. Like, it was a dude on campus. His name was dot com. Um, and, like, so my right. nickname was B dot. Dot com was a rapper. He, he he was a rapper, yep. I remember him. Yep. That's crazy. Yes, he was a rapper. Yes. So, like, um, so from that space, B dot was created. And I was just hosting a bunch of events. Fast forward to wanting to graduate. And I needed to do an internship. And I remember walking through the halls, and it was a paper on the wall that said, 102 Jams is looking for interns. 
And growing up in Greensboro, like I grew up listening to Buster Brown and Amos Quick and and the Cookie Watusi and and Why You Hang Up on Me and Aunt Pearl and like I grew up to all of that going to school to that. So, but I had never thought about 102 Jams in any sort of a career fashion at all. The only reason I even went was because I was a mass comm major and I needed an internship. And they just happened to be on campus that day when I was looking at that flyer. Mm-hmm. And I went down and I talked to this dude who was working at the time in promotions. His name was Carlos King. And Carlos told me ah, Shout out, Carlos Alejandro. <laughs> Carlos Alejandro Santos, mi amigo favorito. De las portes. So I'll explain that in a minute. Wait for a second. So um, I'm talking to this dude, Lowe's. And he's telling me that he's not the one that makes these decisions, but why do I think that I should be an intern with him? And I'm telling him, and as I'm telling him, as I'm talking to him, people are walking by like, what up, that? What up, that? Because I was popular on campus. Right. So long story short, I got the internship. When I got the internship, I would not leave the building. Like, I, I, like it was the best place on earth. Like, who would want to leave up out of there? Like, in the mornings, you got um, Kyle and them. Then in the, um, you got Delight. Then you got Tap. But the real party is at night. While Lee Coyote up there, man, Cap JBDJ at night, like mm-hmm. they be having strippers up there, rap battles, <laughs> like that is the spot to be at. Right. And Cap J was one of those names. Cap J was one of those names that I just always remember. Like Cap J is legendary as it pertains to 102 Jam's history. Like Cap J, J Flex. Um, I don't want to start mentioning a bunch of names. So I'm gonna forget people, but Deluxe and 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 Hannah's Baby Boy Stew and Mad Hatter. Like you talk about legendary names and figures on jams, Capital J was always that. So when I finally got to meet Capital J, it was dope. You know what I'm saying? Like, but me and my partners at State, we had our own nomenclature. Like we had our own verbiage. We had our own way of talking so that we could use common verbiage, like the word nomenclature. We would use common verbiage. Well, not common verbs. We would use verbiage that is accurate, but it's not common so that we can have conversations in front of people and they don't even know what the hell we're talking about. <laughs> so I would be using those words on at the station and Cap knew exactly what the hell I would be talking about. And he was like, I, don't, I think the word was nomenclature or, or something like that. And he was like, I ain't never going to use that word like that. <laughs> and I was so, I felt so like, dang, man, I impressed Cap J. Like, <laughs> it was like, like that was like for real. Like I, I don't think I ever told nobody because nobody would, would really understand what it meant to me in that moment. But this was freaking Capital J, and he was impressed with something that I was saying. Like that was just dope. I was like, this and, dude got vocabulary, Brian. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He, he ain't your average everyday dude, man. There's some there's some sense behind the behind all this nonsense. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was off the chain. I was wearing shades in the building and meetings and all types of stuff. Like it was ridiculous. Yes, that indeed. was fun times, man. Hey, Doc, I, I hate to go back, but I think it's important to share that part because you said your your stepdad gave you um, the 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 boot to get out of the house. Like, what was going on in your environment or what were you involved with? And the reason why I'm asking that question is because it sounded like you had a plan um, by going to Winston-Salem State and majoring in mass communications. Um, there was something more. Like, how how did that transition happen? Yeah, it's always interesting. People, when they talk to me, they seem to think that I had this well-scripted plan and, and I'm just, um, you know, reaping the, the, the benefits of my plan. 
But when I tell you none of this was planned, it was 100% accidental. And if I'm being 100% honest, it was really done based off what I would say it was, it was based off wanting to be lazy, hmm. like wanting to just have fun. Like I didn't, I didn't go to college because I wanted to get a degree in math comm and get a radio degree. No, man, I went to college because I didn't want to have to get a job and pay rent and get um, living room furniture and, and bedroom furniture and all that stuff in Greensboro. And if I could fill out an application and win some state, give me some money, then I can go up here and freeload for four years. That's why I went to college. <laughs> nothing nah. more, nothing less. Yeah, nothing more, nothing less. So, and when so I got to college, all you lazy motherfuckers go for go to Blueprint. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, for real. Like, and when I go to colleges, God. when I go and I talk to them, when I go to high schools and talk to them, like, this is what I tell them. Like, please do not look at me and think I'm this great success story. Like, when I was 16, I was a felon. Like, I caught a felony at 16 years old stealing tokens from Celebration Station. What? A felony? Guilford County. A felony. That's felonious. <laughs> it's embezzlement. You were working there. I was working there. I was employee oh, in the Okay. Yeah, that is for Yes. Yeah, that's that's felonious behavior. So like I never but from that though, like I ne I was a C student in high school and I was a felon at sixteen. Hmm. So I, I I always felt like I'm never gonna be the guy that if somebody looks at my transcripts and my paper, they're gonna give me a job. I'm never going to get a job that way. Like I have to be able to talk to whoever's hiring. If I can talk to whoever's hiring, I'm positive I can let I can impress them enough to get the job. That's always been my mo. So it's it's forced me to have a a personality to be in front of the people and talk to the people and engage in the people and cultivate different. It, I was cultivating different skill sets that makes me extremely talented in what I do as a profession. But again, it was out of desperation and out of laziness. But you know when something. I got to college. Go ahead, my father. Let me, let me um let me tell tell this to to people that are trying to 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 find themselves. You have a tangible and an intangible. The 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 intangible is you have a natural like people have to understand your sometimes your personality is a talent. Mhm. Mm and your personality is your natural God-given talent. Mm -hmm. right. You understand that? that that's a true God-given. It's a true God-given talent. Everybody, you can't, you can't fake it. Right. You can't, can't pretend to be what B-Dot is. Right, absolutely not. You either are or you are not. Right. It took me a while to learn that, though, Cap, for real, for real. Like, because I, I, I wonder with you, I would ask you this with DJing. Because DJing come so natural to you do you ever get that imposter syndrome like I'm not better than anybody else like anybody can do this if they you know if they want us to DJ well you yes, know that, that that thought creeps in for everybody from time to time right right but right and that was that's my point like for for a long time I, I didn't think there was anything that really separated me like I knew I was different in the idea that I was funny but like especially when you get up at jams, like we all professionals. Everybody can you give any of us a mic, give Powell a mic, he's gonna rock out, give Tap a mic, he's gonna rock out, give Mo the mic, he's gonna rock out, give you the mic, you gonna rock out. Like it, we all it's like it was being in, in the in the big league. So it was like, Yes, I know I'm talented, but what makes me different, different? And really learning that about myself, like 
I, I actually do it, say it in my affirmations with Ryan on the way to school every morning. Like nobody can do what I do quite like I do it. Like Indeed. I had to learn that like the way that I do things is different from the way anybody else does things. You know, I was on this podcast Monday for Nike and I was talking about how I had imposter syndrome for years and was envious for years at Terrence J. Like Ugh. because me and Terrence was on like the same trajectory. Like, but Terrence was always like one level ahead of me every time. Like, Terrence went to school one year, and then the next year I went to school. Hey, and that uh, year when pause, I was going pause, to school. Pause, pause. Let me explain to people. Terrence J was at A&T. Right. B. Dot was at Winston-Salem State. Terrence J was an right. intern at 102 Jams as well. He mm -hmm. used, used to work with me on Friday night. Right. And y'all right. and Terrence J moved on to 106 in Park. I'm just uh, giving but, some background info for the people. No, that's real. But but Terrence and I auditioned for the 106 in Park, the same place in Atlanta, Georgia, and both of us got told no. I drove back to Winston Salem State, crying. Terrence dusted himself off and drove up to New York and auditioned again and got it. Mm, geez. So for years, years, it just bothered me. Like yo, like. If I would have been more prepared in Atlanta or if I would have um, did my due diligence and, 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 and tried again in New York, I could have been up there with Terrence J. You dig what I'm saying? Like, And it took me years to really accept the fact that, you know, what for me is going to be for me for real, for real. Like a lot of times that's hard to understand. Like, And you think that everything that you go out for, you want to get, but it's really not supposed to work that way. Like, if you didn't get it, it's either wasn't your time to get it, it wasn't going to be beneficial for you as you thought it was going to be. My therapist told me that only uh. um, only God closes doors. Like, the devil can't close doors. The devil opens doors so that right. you can fall in the trap. Only God closes doors. So if a door is closed, that means God's forcing you into the direction that he wants you to go. Right. You dig? And All right. I'm glad you said that about me. your therapist because I was going to ask you how did you get over it? Well, honestly, I got over it in that period just by continuing to work. Like again, like it was a period, like a long period of time. Like for years, I was just on a comparison thing, and I've had like some great successes. I've started my own comedy group. I've been on Wild and Out. I've traveled the country nationally. I've had my own morning show. Had great ratings. Like I've done um, brand deals with numerous companies. Like I've been very successful. So. I'm 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 accepting on that level, but as far as the therapy side of it, that didn't really trigger or that didn't kick in until like maybe a couple years ago, three four years ago when I really started to take therapy seriously and start to understand why I was feeling the way I was feeling and that it was okay to feel the way that I was feeling. Like it is it, it's okay to um to be. To, to to want to be in another space that you see someone occupying and feeling like that you can do those things. Now, when you when you take it to a place where that envy turns into malice or or, or disdain and, and, and negative energy, then that then you're taking it too far. But the common competition of wanting to do what my peers are doing or be in the same space that my peers that's normal. The imposter syndrome of dang man, like I'm. I, I, Am I really this good to have my own morning show on 102 Jams, like the station I grew up listening to? Yes, fool, you are, because you've been doing morning radio for 13 years. Like, and who else would do it? And like, so dealing, understanding that everybody has imp deals with imposter syndrome to a degree. Understanding that losing your father and, and 
your parents separating and having abandonment issues and, and those types of conversations and not adequately learning how to love and having the correct visual representation or blueprint of how to follow in those regards, like just learning and unlearning so much trauma um, right. has been beneficial for me. You know what I'm saying? But like to your point of how did I get through it at that time? I don't think I, I, I think I got through it by getting through it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like I got through it by just keep going and just being like, all right, well I ain't get that. What can I do? Boom! I got wild and out. Boom! Stay less. That's good. Boom! I got. Um, I'm, I'm the, the announcer for the swarm now. I'm, I'm doing Hornets games now. I got my own morning show. Like I'm straight. Like, but it was still like every now and then a peek over in that other lane. Like, dang, doing a, 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 a think like a man too. And that's that's all right. Congrats, congrats, Terrence. Dang, Terrence is in the. Dang, he's a, a noble now. Ah, gosh, wow. She's dating who? Wow, Terrence. Hosting what? Wow. So it, it was still that. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, right. you know, those right. are things that we that we deal with that just aren't discussed. You know what I'm saying? Like, they just, they, those conversations, because when you're growing up, especially as a black man in the project, most importantly, um, and but across, across the board, honestly, I won't even put a preference of where you're growing <laughs> up. Across the board, like, black men are usually taught to have two emotions. You can be angry and you can be happy. Like, that's it. <laughs> yeah. Man, like, don't, show no, don't show no fear. Right. You, know, you can't be showing no can't fear. Be sad. Don't show no fear. You can't be sad. Don't be sad. Don't be no punk now. Yeah. Don't mm-hmm. be no punk out here. And the reality is it's okay to be sad. Like that's an emotion. Right. And it's okay to be scared. And and it's okay to be nervous. It's okay to be anxious. Like it's okay to experience these emotions. And I also learned in therapy like you don't get angry. Like angry is a result emotion. Mm-hmm. Like you get angry because you feel a certain kind of way. You feel disrespected, so you're angry. And you, someone hurts your feelings, so you're angry. So like if you can figure out why the what the root emotion is, a lot of times that will subside the anger side of things. You know what I'm saying? Like, but I don't know. Like I think having these types of conversations and like because it's no not like I, I tell I was talking to the students this week and I was telling them like. When we were growing up, our fathers and their fathers, they couldn't show fear. Right. They couldn't show no weaknesses. Like they were in a in a Jim Crow South. They were in an era where, you know, like you have to be a man's man and you have to protect your community and you have to protect your women and you have to protect your children. Like you can't be out here showing no weaknesses, no none of that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, things are different now. And like we I think if we're changing the conversation with our children and allowing them to express their emotions more and allow them to, you know, share how they're feeling more versus when we was raised, parents didn't give a damn how you felt. You better take your ass up there, put your feelings in your pocket, get out of my face. <laughs> right. Like <laughs> it was straight like that. You did what I'm saying, <laughs> but like, you know, like I allow my kids to tell them, like, well, why do you feel a certain way? And sometimes I feel like I give them too much freedom. Like you, you're oversharing or like you, you, I feel like the way you're talking to me is a little weird right now but I like having that dialogue with them I like having the freedom where if Isaiah is feeling uncomfortable about a sexual conversation or a girl issue or something he feels comfortable saying hey dad like I had to tell one of my homies earlier today that you don't put your testicles in the con- in the condom like these dudes don't even know how to put the condoms on like, tripping. like <laughs> I, I feel I'm, I'm, it's dope that we can have those types of conversations because when he was 12 years old in the seventh grade and the first time he asked me dad what does it feel like to bust a nut the first thing i did was went and bought condoms and a banana and showed him how to put condoms on right if, if you having them conversations if you feel comfortable enough to ask me that i know they're talking about that around you 
You right. dig what I'm saying? So, like, I don't want you being educated by them dumb nuts that don't know ish. Let me educate you correctly so that you can at least know what you're doing out here, dog. Well, that that's going to bring me to to the morning show side of things. And I would say that that time that we spent in that room, those three years, was um, therapy for me. That was the chance. That was the time when we were able to open up about things that I don't think I would have, I don't think any of us would have talked about those things with, with normal people, just average everyday people off the street. And, and, you know, I think that we shared a lot during that, um, during that time period. And that was the first time outside of my very closest friends that I had other people that I would totally just like, I don't think there was anything that we didn't really discuss in that room during that three years. You know, everybody was completely open and that was a a good time and allowed, you know, it definitely allowed me to grow. And I watched you grow as well during that time period. No, for sure. Like, I think that was, I think that's why we're still like heralded as one of the best morning shows in jams history. We talked about that briefly at the um, party, man. Like, but we really genuinely loved each other. Like we really genuinely cared about each other. Like we looked out for each other. We partied with each other. Like we seen each other at, at, at their lowest spot, at the most angry spot, at their happiest spot. And the people could gravitate towards that. Like no knock to Africa and Busta and Amos. It was a dope morning show. And like they had a bunch of bits. Like they had a bunch of bits that you remember. But outside of the prank phone calls, like we didn't have a bunch of bits that people like nobody says. I remember when y'all did a girl talk about. It's never that. It's just I loved y'all. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like I love like because they felt that love amongst us. And for me, it was the gift and the curse because I like I didn't know why I took it so bad when you when you left, and I didn't know why I took it so bad when Ash left. Like and but like again, therapy taught me that I do have abandonment issues. Like I don't like to to end things in relationships. Well, I, and, I, I didn't I leave on I, purpose. I, no, well, I know you did. Bro. Why didn't let Cal go, man? Why didn't let him go, man? Who, I, Cal? Yeah. I still don't know. I don't know. That's right. I about to say what's crazy is I don't even know why Cap went. Like I know that um, Africa had another job. She went to Birmingham or, or Miami or something. Mm-hmm. And yeah, she went to Miami. And with Kyle, that whole situation sucked because. Kyle and I, when they all left, it was just me and Kyle. And um, and that was like Africa had left. We had gone to a phase where it was me, Kyle, Tasha, Makia, and uh, MC. And then MC got let go, and then Tasha got let go. And, you know, it was just real. They probably don't know either. <laughs> you know, it, was, it, was just, it was just radio. You know how that joint go. Yeah. And I was actually on the verge of moving out to L.A. Like, I was about to leave, like. When my contract was up that August, my wife had already moved to California. She was living in Thousand Oaks. She had found a job out there. I was about to dip. Me and Kyle's energy and just our relationship was starting to deteriorate. I didn't feel like he was respecting ideas that I was wanting to do. He didn't feel like I was respecting him as his as the lead on the show. It was just bad. It was just bad energy. And I'll never forget getting off the air one day and looking outside and Kyle was driving off. And I was like, dang, dude didn't even say bother me or nothing. Like, what was that weird? And they called me in Brian's office. And when I go in Brian's office, 
they tell me that they had just let Kyle go. And they needed me to hold down the morning show until they decided what they were going to do with morning. Damn. Mm. So let me ask you. I got got a question since we talking about people leaving and all that. Um, So why you leave the morning show this time? Because um, when George Floyd got killed, I started a podcast. Well, I didn't start a podcast. When George Floyd got killed, I started a deep dive in like black history. Okay. And I started reading a book called the um, history of the United States. And when Mm. I started reading the history of the United States, it started telling me stuff about like Christopher Columbus and how, heinous of an individual Christopher Columbus right was, right? Like Savage. When we was in school, you remember the song they taught us in, about Christopher Columbus? I didn't learn a no, Christopher Columbus song. Y'all ain't learned a song that about That was some Greensboro-ish. Nah, nah. Sail the ocean blue. It's a lot of colleges anyway. in Greensboro, not where we from. <laughs> well, y'all, what, man, y'all country boys, man. They should have been teaching Thank y'all you. something down there. <laughs> Listen, bro, I'm from the oldest charted black town in America, Princeville, North Carolina. And I didn't find this out until 10th grade. And I got suspended for 10 days when I went to school the next day. For what? For finding out that y'all was the oldest? Because I was, I was taking an African-American history class, and they weren't going to teach us about Princeville in the class. And I let the teacher that, have I, it. No cap. What's funny about that, DL, is that's exactly... All right, so when I started reading these, stat, these facts and stuff, mm-hmm. I started sharing them on my social media. Okay, and I, I, I was sharing with my friends. Or I asked my wife, "I'm like, hey, did you know that?" Da, 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 da. And she was like, "No, I didn't know that." I, like, I didn't either. I remember I that. Hmm. And so, <laughs> so I just started these joints on Instagram. I didn't know. Maybe you didn't either. And oh. it would just be different black facts that honestly I didn't know. I didn't know that the Duncan booth was started um, because they was throwing baseballs at black people's faces in bull's eyes at the at the fair back in the early twenties right. and teens. I didn't know that. Maybe you didn't either. I didn't know that they were throwing black babies in the in the alligator infested waters. Oh, so gator babies! Alligators. And yeah, I didn't know that. Hmm. Maybe you didn't. Either. You know, what I'm saying? like it was starting with those. So they got picked up by the Black Effect Podcast Network, which is under iHeartRadio. Right. So iHeartRadio gave me a two two year deal. Shout out iHeart. Yes. Big shout out iHeart. <laughs> and um, they wanted to um, they wanted to pay me a nice bag, and and promote this this product. Well, iHeart and Odyssey are competitors. Okay. So I was up for negotiate for contract negotiation. So this was in January and my contract was officially up on February 1st. Hmm. So I, um, I'm, I'm going through negotiation and I'm asking jams and I'm, and I'm going to just be a hundred percent, which I'm, I'm going to keep it two versions with y'all. I asked them for a hundred thousand dollars. Okay. Right. I said, I've been here. I've been I mean, here that's, 17 that's fair. That's fair. Bruh. I've been here 17 years, dog. I'm the face of this station. Like I'm the biggest, um, the, the biggest component as far as ideas and energy in the station. Like, like I carry the weight of the station on my shoulders, right? So I hard gave you half a meal. No, I wish. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> they gave close. I could tell by that. They gave close. So damn. Um, Skip they told me they couldn't give me a hundred. They told me they couldn't give me a hundred. They could give me like seventy. Um. And they told me that I couldn't do the podcast because it was with our heart. Mm. So I'm telling them, like, I'm like, listen, man, like, y'all can't tell me you're not going to pay the salary I want and you're not going to allow me to make money on other ventures. You right. Know what I'm saying? Like, you, you're like, that's not, you can't, you can't control me like that. Like, no, like, one has to give. So they were like, well, you can't do the our heart radio joint. Like, you just cannot do that. So I'm telling them stuff like, 
they it's only a thirty, not even thirty. It's a twenty-eight day contract. It's only for February. Right. That's the only twenty-eight days that the, the, the uh, right the, uh, Black History Month. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's Black History Month. So for twenty-eight days, I'm telling Odyssey, it's really promotion for us. That's what I was going to be say. on. Right. We're going to be on iHeartRadio for twenty-eight days. If somebody's saying, "Ooh, I like this content. Where can I find this guy?" They got to come back to Odyssey. Absolutely. They got to come back over here to find us. No, no, we don't want to do that. You can bring it over to Odyssey. Well, y'all going to match the bag that our heart is giving us? Well, no, we don't have a pay scale for podcasting over here yet. So y'all want me to give y'all this content for absolutely free? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. where is this making sense at? Right. So, hey, hey um, just on a side note, I work for our heart and intercom at the same time but i i asked you know i had to ask permission from both during that time period so from 2000 to 2007 i was an employee of intercom and Mm -hmm. i see that don't ever make me even more hot because that just proves the fact to me that what i knew that it wasn't that they couldn't do it is that they wouldn't do it right and that's Mm -hmm. what made me make the decision that if you won't assist me in what i'm trying to do then I'm not going to keep giving you the prime years of my life and making y'all, like y'all done froze bonuses, no bonuses sure. since COVID. Like, it, what What are my perks? Right, right. What are my perks? You're paying me under market value. You're right. going to want more work with less pay. You won't let me do venture out. And, and I really feel passionate about this. I didn't know. Maybe you didn't either, series. I really want to do that. And because they wouldn't. So like at the at the midnight hour, I'm, it's the, it's, the, uh, the 31st of, Ju- of January that happened to be like a Thursday or something and I'm on the air and they told me that on my last break I could say goodbye to my audience and ta- I mean Cap you know they don't never do no foolishness like that but they told me I could say bye yeah they let you and, say goodbye <clears throat> yes but like at 9.30 so I'm gonna say I'm, I'm gonna say bye at 9.50 at 9.30 they bring me in the office and they want a daggone shoot a, 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 one final push at me one final push all right, we can give you the money you want, and we'll give you a five thousand dollars signing bonus today. But you can't do the um, podcast. Jeez. And I got so angry, and I told them, I said, "My freedom is worth more than a hundred bands at this point." Hmm. And and I find it funny that y'all told me all the way up to this point that y'all couldn't do it, y'all couldn't do it, and now you're showing me that again, like I just told you y'all. you could have the whole time. couldn't do right. it, y'all wouldn't do it, dog. And that is so offensive to somebody who's giving y'all 17 years of great radio, dog. And, like, and I really feel insulted. This, this makes, and I didn't take it. This makes perfect sense now that, that you left so abruptly because um, from a listener's standpoint, the morning show for a while after you left sounded like... Okay, we back. <laughs> right. So, I, was like, I told Cal, I was like, bro, I said, they missing me dying. I said, because sometimes it sounds like they like this, right? Hey, so we're going to play this song right now. <laughs> like, and that sucks, like they were sharing a mic. It sucks, man, because it forced it forced Roxy and Drank to be put in positions that they weren't familiar with. Like right. Drank and Rock, they are funny and they are great. They could be great on air together, but they never had to play a lead. Yeah, they you you had to learn like like Kyle having you know, Kyle there 
Like yes. you had to learn this from Kyle. You see what I'm yes. saying? Mm-hmm. Like yes. like Kyle was the man that 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 knew all of that stuff. Okay. Yes. And we yes. which which allowed me, Af, and B dot to just sit there and chill, not realizing yes. how much he got He's to do to it. Right. 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 To keep this thing going, like on from a technical standpoint. Yes. Like you not knowing like you can't take the technical guy realize. to run. Right. Bro, I'm talking about when you damn doing the, the levels from everybody, you checking the song, make sure right, what we about to talk about, got the phone call ready, got to be out of this break by this time because we got to get into commercials by this time. Yes. Like, all of that is what you're going on. Meanwhile, them nuts is over on the other side, twiddling their thumbs, checking social media, digging in their right. butt. Like, they have no clue what's going on. Right. And because I had been on that side, I knew that side. You did what I'm saying? Like, and so... For them to have zero response, not zero responsibilities, I don't want to play them to that point, but for them to have just their responsibilities of their own spaces and their own bits, and then Roxy having to come over to that side and run the board and still be the news lady, and mm-hmm. it, like it was just, it was just overwhelming for them, man, and it was so unfair to them because at first I told Mo. Just keep them on that side and put a board up in there. Let Maya right put a board up. Maya come in there. Let her run the board so they can stay in their normal spot. They didn't want to do that. Then they want to move G's down there and try to make it a different vibe. But that wasn't working because now you're just trying to replicate what we was just doing, and that's not the correct vibe. Like let rock and drink. So they didn't went a year, and now they're back at rock and drink, just trying to get their vibe again. And it's it's really unfortunate, man. Like I, I really hate when people talk about how. Um, it isn't the same or how unappealing it is because they've really been dealt a really, really bad hand. Well, they're, they're better, you know they're better now than yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know. Yeah, they are. They are. I, they figuring it out. They figuring yeah, it out. Yes. Yeah. Shout out to Mo, too. He, he had a lot on his plate. And, um, you Back. know, I listen Back. to Jams and I still think it, it stands out, man. I, I I still think Jams is a premier hip Music station in North Carolina. Me, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's still edgy. Still, just right. it, it's still it's still Jams. You know, right. no matter no matter who would disagree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you get out in the rest of the state and then you come back and listen to Jams, you'll appreciate what's going on. Agreed. It's dope. You Agreed. know. Hey, um, now. With all that being said, let's talk about some of the opportunities that came up during that morning show period. Like during that time that that I was there with you. Um, well, first, uh, let's let's talk about the whole flavor of love fiasco. You know, um, <laughs> you kissed her. I'm starting there because like Dot wasn't the only person that got wrapped up in in the um, in the offshoots of Flavor of Love. Okay, because we also had Candy working with us. Okay. Right. And so you had um Flavor Love. Okay, first um, you know, it started with Bridget Nielsen was on one show, I think, or Flavor her and Flavor Flav were on a show. Mm-hmm. Then Flavor Flav was looking for love. New York went on that show. And, she and then she got her own show. Right. And there were these dudes that were trying to date her named Chance and Real. Oh, yeah. right. And they Candy, Candy yeah. that used to work with me and Waleed on the weekend, I'm mean, during the week, mm-hmm. was one of the contestants on there. They called a junk, okay, because she had so much junk right. in the trunk. Shout out, Candy, right, 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 and um, and Dot had a chance to be a contestant on um, to was it Taste of New York? Love in New York, wasn't it? No, nah, it was uh. Something I love like New York. That. I went and auditioned for I, I, I love New York. York. I love I New got York. On, we, we, we went on Mari together. 
Oh. Uh, <laughs> what? You remember that we went on Mari? What? Yeah, yeah. Me and Candy went on Mari together. So can't so like I'm telling you, man, me and Candy went to WSSU together. Like, so that's always been my dog. Like, we, our, me and her story is, I was in the um, and we was in the cab my freshman year. It was her sophomore year, and damn chicken head came on the radio. I mean, on the TV. We used to play the videos in the cab at lunchtime. I mean, at dinner time. And chicken head came on, and I screamed across the cab, "Hey, Candy!" Your theme song gone. <laughs> your mama a chicken head. <laughs> but when she said your mama a chicken head, it was like, it crushed my whole world. <laughs> Did this fool just say my mama? <laughs> Shout out, Mama <laughs> Dot. We have to have a out to Mama Dot. Like, that hurt because you grew up in the like, projects, did it? <laughs> no, nah, like, she might have been right. But nevertheless, um, so me and Candy, we always had history. So, she was like uh, one of her homies was a producer on Mari, and my 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 now wife was my girlfriend at the time. She was like, "Do you think Carla will let you go on Mari and say you got a crush on me? They'll pay us to um, come on the show." And I was like, "How much are they gonna pay?" She was like, "A thousand dollars." I was like, "Bet, hold up." So I asked Carla, "I'm like, babe, can I go on Mari and tell um, the world that I got a crush on Candy? They're gonna pay me a thousand dollars." She was like, "I don't care." Like, yes. <laughs> yeah, she, she said she don't care. Like bet. So they um got in touch with the producers. They flew us out to Chicago. Um, I had to go the day before, and the whole thing was, I was so in love with Candy in high school. I mean, in college, she was a scar. She was a dancer in the band, and I was a band announcer. All that was a fact. Like she was in the band, and I was a band announcer. I was like, and um, and I just be seeing her down there dancing, and I just. I just love her. And Mars like, but she doesn't know you love her. Does she be that? I'm like, no, nah, she doesn't know that. I, I don't know. I'm just too shy. And I just, I got, well, we want to give you some clothes, be that. And we want to take you from geek to sheet. And I'm didn't like, you, oh, didn't you have on the nerd outfit? Didn't you have on the nerd outfit? They had him dressed up like a nerd. I was like, who is this guy? Well, I folded up my jeans. Yeah, I wore the pants on. <laughs> And then the outfit they gave me to be fresh in was so fucking trash. It was the most trash outfit. Oh, God. <laughs> so we still draw like I just seen Candy at homecoming, and we just always laugh about that because people always ask me. They be like, "Yo, did you ever? Did y'all ever get together?" Or, did you ever get together? Like, man, I be like, "No, man, that's my dog, man." Like, I like. Yeah, Candy's Candy's good people. Hey, if you follow her on Instagram, she got like fifty million followers watching her work out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah Candy. Candy sure. Rich. Oh, that's my dog. That's dope. Well, idea. all right. So so you had that opportunity. That was your first was that that was your first time being on a nationally broadcast television program, right? Yeah, that was the first time. So that that was your introduction. But after that, it seemed like things kinda of took off. I know it wasn't an immediate takeoff. But you know you gotta get your foot in the door somewhere, man. And that that was the foot in the door, was it not? Um, that was sort of that was sort of one of those situations, Cap, that just made me be like, man, I gotta figure out how to do this more often. Like I just enjoyed being flown to the spot. I, I enjoyed being flewed out. You know what I'm saying? Like flewed out, put up in the hotel, like being able to act a fool on television and get paid for it. Like it was like. How do I do this? Like, I, I want to see. I want to be around this more. And like, that's that's really been the tale to my whole life. Like, I just 
want to gravitate towards stuff that I enjoy doing. So I figure out a way to do it and get paid for it. Like, and I don't know how I've created this knack of ability to be able to do that, but it's been very successful um, through my career. So like for Mari, I never really viewed that as a stepping stone to get to television. Like um, my team in college was telling me that I should do stand-up comedy. And I remember going to Candlelights one time and bombing. And I was like, I'm never doing stand-up again. So I didn't want to do it by myself. So I teamed up with some of my partners. And that's when we started the Freestyle Funny Comedy Show. And that is what I thought was going to be my avenue into television. Like, that was our goal. Like, when we started FFCS, it was all we want to do is get on television. And it was me, Burpee, um, Chico Bean, Darren Brand, and Osama Ben Drinking. Damn. And the five of us started FFCS. I'm talking about five monsters. Yes. And right. um, so from that, we started doing, we started critiquing, or started um, sort of creating this platform of what the FFCS was and it ended up being a 90 minute stand up and improv show where we would do stand up all um, well Bert quit Bert wanted to go solo because we was moving too slow so he wanted to go solo so we kicked him out the group and then we made it just the four of us so it was like a nice little new edition story if we ever do a recap or like a temptation story if we ever damn get back together but so it sounds he, like uh, the, the, the comedy group y'all performed together like round robin or was it like a comedy show well I will come out and I was, it would be a comedy show, 90 minutes. I will come out and introduce the comics. We would all play an improv game up top. Then Bean would always start off. He would do a 10 minute set. After his set, we would come out and do another improv game. Then Drankins would do a 10 minute set. We would come out and play another improv game. We would do an intermission. When we came out of intermission, I would do a 10 minute set. We would play an improv game. And then Bran would close out with a 10 minute set. And we would finish with a game called Last Man Standing. That was the 90 minute template. And wow. we took that, and it was tailor-made to different audiences. If we went to a, a HBCU college, the, um, the improv games we play would be <laughs> ratchet and off the chains as hell. If we went to a Methodist college or something like that, we would play more um, um, a socially acceptable games and content in the um, improv games. If it was an adult joint, it would be more of, you know, maybe 90s trivia or that type of stuff. And we just kept it fresh. No show was ever the same because it was so much improv that's what made it the freestyle and it was just hilarious for 90 straight minutes so of course it was the freestyle funny so like when you see 85 South 85 South in real if we're being 100% transparent 85 South is like a brainchild of FFCS like Carlos Miller definitely performed at FFCS that's where um, I was Clayton, going I was trying Ronnie to think Jordan, Tyler Chronicles all of them took the stage at the FFCS Gerard Carmichael performed at the FFCS wow. everybody performed at the FFCS that's a fact Right, right. I got a chance and, to see y'all in Durham one year. Yeah, right. And we, I mean, we traveled hella, man. We built a cult audience with that joint, man. And um, from there, that's how we got to Wilding Out. That was the real, like, the big, like, cause, cause even before that, I did a um a bit. I was on HBO with Walter Latham. Walter Latham had put together a project called Comedy After Dark, mm. and it was like a four part series where um each each episode had like maybe five or six comics. And that's where I met like Toure and Alex Thomas and stuff like that. He flew us all down to Miami. Okay. So uh, Walter Latham is, 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 is responsible for the Kings of Comedy. A hundred percent. Gotcha. 100%. And uh, the Queens of Comedy and all the other spinoffs. Okay. Okay. But, um, I'm there. So he, he did a comedy after dark on HBO and I was down there. That was my first time ever being paid and flown out to do stand up comedy. 
That was my mm-hmm. very first time ever, like, and I, I like that was a very very fun experience. And then so then to go to Wild and Out, the very first time I auditioned for Wild and Out, I bombed, and it was freaking horrible. Jeez. And because me and Bean went and auditioned the same time, it was in Charlotte. It was they were first bringing it back, and they were having auditions in New York, and auditions in Atlanta. And when they traveled down, my homegirl Dolly, Dolly went to Winston Salem State with me, and she was Nick Cannon's assistant. And because she was Nick Cannon's assistant and she knew we were funny as hell, she was like, can we make a stop in Charlotte and do an audition? And Nick was like, yeah, why not? So she set up that for us. So when I, when I pulled up to the audition, I didn't even think I was really going to happen to audition. Like, thought it I was a lot. really thought, yeah, bro. Like, y'all even damn told Nick to stop here. Like, we really just, this is a formality. All of y'all in here, y'all are auditioning. I'm not right. auditioning. Me right. and Bean, we're straight. We know Dolly, my dog. Yeah. Man, I got in that audition. They start asking me to play Wild and Out games, and I'm sitting there looking like a damn deer in headlights. Nothing funny's happening. Like, and they said, Do you do any? <laughs> hey, Cal, they asked me in the audition. They said, Do you do any characters? I said, Well, yeah, I got this character I do on the radio called Little Prison. Like, <laughs> ah, you know, yeah. He a dude that he, be, he, he went to jail for some things that he had done in the past, and in prison, he don't want to go there no more. They looked at me like, what the fuck are you talking about right Oh, now? my goodness. They did <laughs> little prison? Yeah, it was all bad. It was all bad. But mind you, me and Bean rode from Winston to Charlotte together for the audition. As I'm walking out of the audition that I just bombed, Bean is walking into the audition. Before the door closes good, the room erupts in laughter. Like, I don't know what the Jeez. hell he said, but I'm talking about it's nonstop <laughs> laughter the whole three minutes he's in there. <laughs> we get in the car together. I'm on the passenger side trying not to cry on the phone. <laughs> he's on the phone trying not to show all of his teeth talking to his mom in excitement. <laughs> Man, it was the worst! I can see that shit, too. I swear I can see that. <laughs> it was the worst! And I'm talking about like, well, how do you know? How you know you didn't make it? I just know. I just know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know. <laughs> oh, God. So, so Bean went on and down that first season and he killed. But he called me and he was like, Dot, listen. Because, again, we were doing the Freestyle Funny comedy show at this time. And, like, we would be having rehearsals for Freestyle Funny. We took it very seriously. So we would have rehearsals and stuff. We would come up with games and ideas and bits. He was like, bro, all the stuff that we do in your basement for FFCS, that's all we do here for Wild and Out, dog. Like, Whew. you can do this, right, bro. You have got to audition next year. So the next year, I flew out myself. I flew out to Atlanta. DJ MC had a homie out there that, play, that DJ, so he let me bum on his couch. I bought me a one-way ticket and flew out there. And when I popped back up for the audition, Nick was like, oh, damn, you came back? And I was like, hell yeah, I came back. And I'm right. talking about, like, I had jokes written for every fucking game they played. Like, I, I knew every game inside. It didn't matter. I just had to put the damn, whoever was in there, it was fat jokes, skinny jokes, short jokes, tall jokes, black jokes, white right jokes, long hair jokes, short hair jokes. Like, I'm talking about just locked in, dialed in. And I just did very well on that. And then I, once I got on Wilding Out, um, five seasons of that joint, that joint, that was, that was a magical moment. That was dope. Nice. So so what was your tenure on Wilding Out? How, how long did you stay on there? I did five seasons, man. Um, I did three consecutive seasons, and then um, I skipped a season, and then they brought me back a season. 
and then I missed a bunch of seasons. And then I, I went back um, about two or three seasons ago and did some episodes. Um, so, like, my first season, I did eight episodes. My second season, I did five episodes. And my third season, I did five episodes. And just some transparency about that moment, that damn one of those moments that I always look back on, always wonder, damn, did I make the right decision? Um, when I had got on to Wild and Out, when I went and auditioned and finally got on, that year was crazy because I got on Wild and Out. Me and Carla got married that year. Um, I got the morning show, Three Live Crew. Mind you, I told y'all that my wife is living in California because I was supposed to be moving out to California. But while she was out there getting settled, they gave me the morning show job. So I was telling her, like, damn, I'm I waited my whole life to get a morning show job. Like, I don't want to quit now. Like, me drinking the rock, we could possibly do something with this. So she ended up staying out there like three, four years and then finally coming back. That was one of the worst decisions or worst situations ever. The kids by Coastal and trying to get back there and just all Shout out to Carla for being a trooper. Right. Oh, my God, man. Like I'm glad like, she gave you permission to stay in North Carolina and do the morning show. And Legit. I I think the last time I heard you on the morning show, um, y'all were having a conversation, and I forget what it's about. I mean, I remember what it's about, but I forget who the topic of the conversation was. And I think you said on the radio that you were thinking about switching your last name to your wife's last name <laughs> after you got married. And, and I was like, that's the only morning I ever called in. <laughs> like, the hell? <laughs> and, Cause, I, man, like... Her, her dad, her dad. Stop, stop, stop! You, you sure you want dad, to tell this story again? <laughs> yeah, her dad doesn't have any other children. Like, so when she got married, if I've changed her last name, like there is no more Jackson. That's the end of the bloodline. That's it. That's the end of his bloodline. And I fuck with Carl. Like, that's my dog. You dig what I'm saying? Like, and. You know, like, I, I I didn't, obviously, but the conversation did come up, and it was something that I was willing to do, you know what I'm saying? Like, because just for that fact. But, no, nah, like, but to the point of just that transitional period, and it was so difficult because I'll never forget we was on set, and it was some comedians that were just sucking it up, just wasn't funny. So they was about to send a bunch of cats home. And mm. for Wild and Out, it was a three-week obligation. Hmm. But I told them I could only do two weeks because Jams, Cap, you know, Jams wasn't trying to let me. Yeah, they don't, they don't want you to leave too long. <laughs> oh, three weeks out of the whole month of February, they was not trying to let me do that. Nah. So hmm. they, they had agreed to let me do two weeks. Intercom at the time had agreed to let me get two weeks off. And I, I, the first week up there was just all rehearsals, just rehearsal week. And then the last two weeks are filming episodes. Right. So, the first week we film, we getting we getting ideas and coming up with games, coming up with songs like shit is dope. You know what I'm saying? So that first week, I'm, I mean, the second week, I'm knocking out episodes and I'm killing my episodes and I got key moments with Bow Wow in this episode, the key moments over here with this episode. Like I'm killing, I'm doing my thing, and it's some people that ain't. But I have, and I, but I know I got to there gonna get as many episodes as possible because I got to leave Sunday because I got to be back to work Monday. Hmm. So the producer now. He pulls me to the side. Me and him are having a conversation. And he says, um, yeah, I'm about to have to send some of these folks on back to the house position that ain't working. He said, um, you sure you got to go back? Mm -hmm. And 
even right now when I talk to y'all, I just wish to God I could freeze time and go back to that moment because I just wish I would have said, let me see. Right. Let me see. <clears throat> but I've always been loyal to North Carolina. I've always been loyal to Jams and Winston-Salem State and Greensboro and, to, and almost to a fault. Hey, I've been there too, man. I did 11 years behind the walls. (laughs) And when he asked me, did I have to go back? I was, I was like, yeah, I got to, man. Like my job, they gave me two weeks. They're not going to let me get three, man. Like, and in my mind, all I'm thinking about is if I go back over here and ask Brian to give me another week, he is going to fly off the deep end. Like I do not, I cannot let this dude down, dog. Like he, you trust me. Like, I can't come out here and just, I can't do that. I mean, he just gave me this morning show job. I cannot do that. Like, these are the things that I'm tussling with as I'm talking to Nile in that moment. And now he looked at me, he was like, no, I understand that. I understand that. I respect that. That's what's up. And he walked away. And after that, the next two seasons, my damn episodes were drastically cut. Right. And it was a three-year contract that I had signed with um, Wilds and Out. So after that second season, my contract was up. You dig what I'm saying? And I I know for a fact that that happened because in that moment, I chose which side I was on. You know what I'm saying? Like, I drew a line in the sand and I told them, I'm sorry. Like, I can't. Jams comes first. My radio job comes first. Like, I said that to him in so many words. And it pisses me off because I know now that Jams still could have been a priority and I still could have stayed that third week. Like, Brian wasn't going to fire me for saying that third week. He might not have liked it. No, he wouldn't have liked it. That's, like that was down, awesome what? advertisement for jams. Bro, it was Absolutely. perfect advertisement for jams. <clears throat> yeah. Like, and and that, that that moment is one of those moments that, I'm telling you, man, even now talking to y'all right now, I just be like, damn, man, like, did I make the right decision? Hey, let, let me like, tell you something that Brian told. He, he said this a long time ago, and I always use this as 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 word Brian said it's better to ask for forgiveness than permission yep, yep. absolutely and and this is the program director talking to you right. so he's telling you in so many words look man right. if you think it's good just do it don't come in here and ask me cuz I'm probably going to say no right but if you do it and it works yeah <laughs> it's like in a basketball game when that damn when that point guard come off that screen and take that three and you down two, you don't even need the three. No, no, no. And no. Then you hit that. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. I knew he was going to hit that. <laughs> right. So, so you, so, okay, we got through the introduction to television. You did wilding out. Two other major things that a lot of people might know you for have happened. Like, one, is of course becoming the face of Carolina basketball at the games, yeah. mm-hmm. but there's one little known fact that that people don't know, like, and they don't know that that's your voice at the beginning of Beyonce before I let go. Jeez. Yeah, because I didn't get to properly let y'all know. Because hell, I didn't know it was my voice at the beginning of Beyonce's before I let go until people start telling me about it. Right, and I saw the actual video clip. Tell me when was that when was that video recorded? Um, I wanna say twenty thirteen maybe. And where where was 2013, that? Twenty thirteen, twenty fifteen, somewhere in there. We was um we were at Winston Salem State, it was homecoming. Was that the Benton we Convention Center? No, we were at the K. R. Williams. 
Oh, okay. We were in the KR Williams on campus, and we were having an event, and it was just a break in the event where I just had the DJ, DJ. It was I think it was DJ Trails. I just had him playing some music. You know how we just rock out. Mm-hmm. And the people was dancing and having a good time, and then um, he dropped that. Bam, bam, bam. You know, just on some on some hosting and you've hosted a many parts of me, you know I love like setting up calling and call and response type joints. You know what I mean? So like right. just in that moment I wanted everybody to sing the whoa whoa. So I just timed it and said, What do you say? And then everybody said, Whoa, whoa. And then, well, if you happy, it's homecoming. I need you to act like it. And they start singing, you make me happy. Da, da, da. Right. So that's happened in that moment. Wow. Somebody filmed it. And they filmed it because I hadn't been at Winston-Salem State in a while. So this was a coming home for me, hosting events back there. So that's the only reason we even had that video. And I posted it on my then um, YouTube page. It was up there with some other joints. It might have had 300 views. I'm talking about like very minimal views. Mm-hmm. So that's where the damn video came from. Wow. So did you get did you get a did you get a bag? No. Did you get lunch with Hove? No, I didn't get a, I didn't get the, I didn't get the, the lunch or the bag. That's some bull. It was it's really it's really damn um one of those situations where you want to be very 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 excited but because they stole your intellectual property it's kind of hard to be excited about it. You know what's um, what's really crazy though like you probably just a lawyer away from getting five figures. Yeah, right? it sounds good. I mean, I, I know, I, mean, I know, I know, but but what I'm saying is five. As long as I've been, and yeah, probably you know, I'm thinking, I'm thinking five is is probably a reasonable. I'm gonna tell y'all what happened because we talk numbers. I've been dealing with these people. I've been dealing with Beyonce's people for the past four years about this foolishness. Oh wow. So, and, but it's not much that I could talk about because of reasons that I don't really want to damn disclose. Right. Like, you got to understand, man, like, I'm a Beyonce fan. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I freaking love Beyonce. And, but bigger than a Beyonce fan, I'm a Jay-Z minion. Like, I know, I know, I ever, know. <laughs> you know this, yeah. cat. Like, my first album I ever bought in my life was The Coming and Reasonable Doubt. Those were the first two albums I ever bought. Busta Rhymes and Jay-Z. Like, mm-hmm. and... So it's I'm so conflicted, right? So I was sitting just on social media and people hit me up like that. I think I hear your voice on Beyonce's um, Netflix special. And I'm like, yeah, so right. Netflix special like, too. Bro, so like Sheesh. a couple people hit me and then they start sending me clips. So at the very end of the special, when the credits start rolling, that's what she does before I let go. Hmm. And so, I, so they send it to me and I listen. I'm like, Damn, that does sound like me. Like, right? I do set that song up just like that. Like, how, like, what? The, how, I know I didn't. What the fuck is going on? Like, I was so confused. Right. But then folks hit me like, "Yo, it ain't just on the Netflix special. It's on the album too, Dot." So I go yeah. and download the album. Ooh, Boom! God. I'm listening to the album. Like, holy shit! Right. Right. So Chris Paul is a good friend of mine. So Chris and Jay Z are great friends and all this kind of shit. Mm-hmm. So Chris calls my phone and Chris is like, "Yo, Dot, my mama just said this you on this Beyonce song." I was like, "Bro, that is me." He was like, "Are you serious?" I'm like, "Yeah." He's like, "Man, hold on, I'm gonna call you right back." I'm like, "Bet." So then um, he calls my phone like five minutes later. I'm like, "Yo," he like, "Dot," I'm like, "Yeah." He like, "Jay," and Jay Z is like, "Yeah." 
I'm like, oh shit. What'd you say? Jay, get my money, fool. <laughs> Bitch, better have my money. <laughs> Am I really on the phone with Jay Z right now, yo? This is uh, this is crazy, is what I'm thinking. Because I'm on my way to the movies to go see Black Panther. That's what I'm on my way to do. Oh wow! So this is about to be the best night of my life. Right. And so I'm like, yo, like, so it's Jay, and he's like, um, so Chris, like, yo, Jay, this is my bro, died in North Carolina. He's um the voice that y'all talking about y'all was looking for on the beginning of that damn record. And he was like, um, yo, man, I just want to say, um, yo, we appreciate what you brought to the record. Um, we we didn't know, you know, whose voice that was, et cetera, et cetera. Beyonce's people will be um reaching out to you so we can they're gonna make that right. And while he's saying that, in the background I hear a thank you so much type vibe. Wow. And I'm so at this point my head is about to pop off in the car right right so i'm like so i'm like um i'm like nah man like for real like i don't really know what to say like i'm just glad i could be part of it like thank y'all man this is dope and it's like nah no doubt man enjoy the rest of your night and chris was like all right dad i hit you back i was like all right bet hang up the phone wow but then i damn pull over and i let out the loudest Scream you've ever heard. <laughs> I'm talking about. <laughs> I was talking about you to thought a cat cracked my neck. Did just, you stomp your ah! feet? I'm talking just whew, like elated, right? Right. The next week, Beyonce's folks hit me up. Um, they're like, yes. Um, and I was like, well, listen, I want to know right now. I don't even want no money. No, you didn't say that. Hear me. I don't need no money. All I want is acknowledgement from Beyonce. If she just acknowledges me. Oh, yeah. That's 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 worth more than. Right. (laughs) Right. If if Beyonce mentions you, that mention will change your life. Mm -hmm. I just need Beyonce to let the beehive know that that is my voice at the beginning of the song. And she don't have to do nothing else. I swear to God, I'll handle the rest from there. Right. Right. And they were like, um, they were like, well, she won't do that. I was like, well, well give me the money, dude. On... Like, Wait, no, hear me, though, Cap, hear me. Can she make a post on Instagram that just says that um, this is the voice, This just tag my Instagram and be like, thank you for your voice. On Can she do that in her story? Like, I'll just take it in her story. No, mm-hmm. her, her her Instagram is highly monitored. And da, da, da. I'm like, all right, well, yeah. um, well can, I get, can I get a credit? Can I get a, just a, a credit on the damn album? You know what I'm saying? Like, and just get paid that way. Like, I'll just take a credit. Right. No, I'm sorry. We can't give you a credit to I'm like, all right, well, what's, what are y'all talking about paying me? The money they offered, I would not disclose the amount, but the money they are, they offered to pay me, I get paid more than that to host a party in Greensboro. All right, Karumba oh, wow. Dills Mill. Get out of here. I get out of here. Not. All I this helping they do. I shit you not. Like, yeah. I shit you not. The Guys. number they are, and, and, and Cap, when we get off the phone, I'll text you the number and you can share it with Dio. I don't want to put that all out here, but right. the number they offered me, was a number honestly that I can make for a party hosting in Greensboro. Right. And wow. like my mouth hit the floor. <laughs> like I I was so at that point now I'm feeling disrespected. Now I'm feeling right. taken advantage of. Now I'm feeling like because the reality of the situation is this, and I'm gonna be super transparent with y'all. If they would have offered me that same number before the album dropped, you would have taken I would have took it no question. Right. No question, because now I'm ahead of it. I can set it up. 
Y'all ain't gonna believe. Make sure you listen to Beyonce's album. You ain't believe your boys on the album. That right, I but after the, that, that's why I said you Bro, one lawyer away. Everybody else, it's over. Mm-hmm. Hey man, it's over. Yeah man, you need to put um, like, you need to put Johnny so Cochran like, on it. Like, it's a sample, like, man. Like, it's some royalties. Yeah, some equity. Like, <laughs> you, you took my intellectual property. You stole yes. my intellectual property. You put it on numerous platforms. You've monetized it heavily. Mm-hmm. Um, that that number is not going to work. Right. So I gave them another number. They told me the number that I gave them was too high. So at that point, I um, my boy T Love, you know T Love, he hit no me doubt. up and asked me that I have somebody that was down handling this situation. I told him no. Um, he linked me up with a couple of people, and we've been in that type of conversations and them type rooms and them type meetings for the past couple of years about it. Mm-hmm. So again, like it's a bittersweet thing. Like when I hear it, I want to be so excited. Like my mama loves the fact that her, that her baby is on a Beyonce record. Right. But her baby is disrespected that they stole his voice. But your, your baby is also in a sector of entertainment that I don't want to come at Beyonce and Jay-Z. You dig what I'm saying? I'm not trying to get blackballed. You dig what I'm saying? Hey, like, no, but it's, so, it's like, what do you do? Hey, you know? I don't want, and I don't want to be known as the dude that's, that's, that's beefing with Beyonce about something. I love Beyonce. I love Jay Z. You dig? Like it's, hey. it's it's so conflicted emotionally. Hey man, for so, what it's worth, man. Like you know, <laughs> I've been floating around this thing for a long time. I got little stuff floating out there too that has happened. Hey man, and I've talked to other people in the industry about this stuff. They say, look, that's just how it goes on the way up. Right. You know. Hmm. Like you know, there are a lot of people that that made beats, right? Somebody else got the credit, and and right. somebody else got the credit along the way. You know, it's kind of that's just how the industry is. You know what I mean? But, but then, like, but then I listen to all the music different now, man. Like when Daggone, I listen to Takeover now. I feel like Jay Z talking to me. We say you made it a hot line. I made it a hot song. And you ain't get a coin in the only you was up then. Don't listen to that shit cow talking, man. Get your check, man. Don't listen to that shit cow talking about. Hey. 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 Hey, I'm just just saying, I can relate, man. I used to send remixes in back in the day. I'd sit at the house and I'd do a remix for a song and I'd send it to the record reps. And. They mess around and wouldn't use my joint for the remix, but then I hear my beat on somebody else's album <laughs> on the same label. Right. Yeah, and I hear other it's producers one- talk about it. They say they, they this is what happens. You right. know, like you know, this is how it goes across the board. It's I ain't one saying thing this to right. hear your beat on quote unquote somebody else's album. It's totally different when you hear your voice on Beyonce's album. Can you imagine hearing your one of your beats on a Michael Jackson album? You realize hey, how pissed off you'd be? Hey, listen, <laughs> we were talking, to, we, we we had Fanatic on the podcast, right? Right. Now, he said he was in the studio, hmm. and he was working on a track. He left the drum beat in the studio. Right. And do you know what song they turned into? Guess who came into the studio next? Who did, bro? The Fugees. Wyclef took it. And, <laughs> <laughs> and made what? Um, killing me softly. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh God! So that little drum beat out. behind oh. "Killing Me Softly," I heard that's he's that's been killing me that's softly. Fanatic, fanatic made that beat in the right. studio and left it in there. Mm-hmm. 
So it's yeah. it's not it's not just you, man. It's across the board. That's that's kind of how it goes. But you know, get your money, Doc. Tell <laughs> <laughs> this shit don't matter. Get your money. But that's what I'm gonna do. Man. That lets you know you on the right. Take, yeah, you on the right my path. Fault. When they ask me if I take the daggone money or the conversation dinner with Jay Z, I'm gonna take the conversation just so I can ask him, can he give me the money? <laughs> Facts. <laughs> well, from, from everything I've learned, I'm taking the money. Over the time, I realized that being in the room with people, you know, that's cool, but. Give me the yeah, money, man. I want right. something concrete and tangible that I could take away from this experience. Right. Well, whatever gems, whatever gems Jay Z is gonna give you at dinner, once you leave the dinner, you're gonna need capital to damn make it happen anyway. Absolutely. Right. So give you me the money like, and I'll watch yeah. a video of him telling somebody else <laughs> that <Yeah. shit. laughs> free on YouTube. Six thirty eight. Like he gonna give me a gym he ain't already put out there. I'll right. watch all his interviews and whatever he ever said. Like he gonna bless you or knight right. you or something. Right. Nah. I'm gonna tell you this. Yeah, right, I bro. never told nobody this ever. Right. Bullshit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> won't get me. <laughs> now, now, now we we went down the Beyonce road. Let's go back a few years. When we were working at the morning show. Carolina won a national championship, and we yeah. drove from Greensboro to Franklin Street in Chapel Hill. We hung out that night. Remember? Damn right. Still had to be on the morning show five o'clock in the morning the next day, but we did it anyway. Was that two thousand five? I think that was oh five. Cause we, you know, we work uh, yeah. morning show three to seven, something like that. Yeah, yeah. And two thousand five. How how do you go from being a fan of the Carolina Tar Heels, like how do you get your foot in the door to where you're at all the home games, rocking the crowd? Well, fortunately, man, I started doing arena hosting and well, PA announcing for Winston Salem State back in two thousand and four, around the same time that I was starting. I remember that. They were blessed to have you. Yes, man. I was so thankful. I didn't know what I was doing, but I was just happy as hell to be in the press box. And from that, from those 20 years, I've really, damn, just re I've really created a lane for myself in arena hosting and PA announcing. Like, I bring a swag and a confidence and just an energy that's just different. That's that and natural talent that God gave you. That, yeah, that we talked about earlier, that intangible. So, like, you know, I've always been a passionate Carolina fan. Just thought about us driving up the road to the damn national championship. And I've always had some sort of homies or something that played for Carolina. You know what I'm saying? Like, and Theo Pinson, being from Greensboro, somebody that's been integral in me just having access to games and being able to sit close enough where Coach Roy Williams became comfortable and familiar with me and Eric Hoots, who was in charge of player personnel and stuff when I'm at Carolina. So the, the, I would be at games, and I was at a game one time, and I bought this silly ass hat, and I put the hat on. <laughs> the ram and hat. hat is just, it's a ram hat, and so when you see this six two black dude with a big ram hat on, you're gonna look in that direction, especially when he's screaming and very uh, demonstrative, and like he's like, "Yo, who is this guy?" So, you know, I just started getting people would interview me after games in the newspaper and all kinds of stuff. Then when it, oh, he's a guy that works at the radio. He's just a passionate fan. So fast forward to Roy Williams leaving and Coach Hubert Davis becoming the head coach at Carolina. And for years, I had wanted to do what they call Late Night with Roy. And Late Night with Roy is on um, one Friday night, um, they introduce the men's basketball team and the women's basketball team to fans, and it's a free event. A Midnight Madness-type deal. 
Midnight Madness type deal. And Stuart Scott used to host it. Um, rest in peace to the OG. Right and on. Yes. When, um, and Stuart Scott being from Winston Salem, like that was just somebody who I always wanted to aspire to be like. Like he, he was what, you know, like when they say representation matters. Like he, he was that for me. Like being able to see him on television on ESPN and stuff, and and not right. just be there, but be. He able brought to a hip hop feel. To, yeah, to sports man, announcement. Yeah, mm-hmm. out. Still be yeah. himself. Like, I was like, that's dope. I can be that. And when I used to see him host late night, I used to just be like, man, I wish I could be down there, man. Like, I wish I could have the opportunity to stand on the floor and just scream, tar, and everybody say, heal. Like, oh, my. I just always think that. And then Stuart Scott got sick, of course, and he wasn't able to host late night. So they would bring in former athletes or former alumni to host late night and I would always go to late night because I'm a super duper fan and I want to see the team Right. and I used to just be so frustrated like this event could be so much more fun man like but I understand why they have this person as a host they're, they're a Carolina great but after once you say their name and the host yeah, everybody sits down from screaming they don't have any substance. It turns wine and cheese real man. quick, don't it? Real cheap, real quick. <laughs> yeah, man. And it just angered me, me being as urban and as hip as I am and a fan, and knowing how many urban hip fans there are, that wine and cheese just angered me. And so one afternoon, man, i never forget, I was going to a comedy show, and Theo FaceTimed me with Eric Hoots on the phone. Again, Eric Hoots in charge of all player um, um, things at Carolina. And Theo Pinson is a national champion from Greensboro. And they said, um, I got, I, he's like, I got something for you, boy. And I like, say what? It was like, what are you doing October 15th? And I was like, whatever you need me to be doing. And it was like, Coach HD would like to know if you would be interested in hosting late night. Nice. And I said, Ooh. oh my God. And I just, you remember the same scream I told y'all about? Yeah, that? boy. Frank <laughs> <laughs> that hole again. I can only and, imagine. I can only imagine because we'll be in there like Carolina so hard. That was so Carolina that we made Kyle get on the Carolina train. (laughs) He from Philly. (laughs) So when I got the date, but I told, like I told, I told all my friends, told my wife, I told my kids, I was like, yo, I'm going to treat this like an audition, yo. I want to go in here and do so well that they're like, yo. Like, we need to bring you back. Yeah, you got them and, swag surfing and everything. <laughs> bro, like, so when I went out there, like, there were things that I knew I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to do because if I never got to go out there again, I wanted to leave it all on the court. So I wanted to swag surf. I wanted to Sweet Caroline with them light. I wanted to do a tribute to Stuart Scott. What you know about Sweet Caroline? Huh? What you know about Sweet Caroline? Dun, Bro, that's dun, Carolina. That's Carolina Only DJs know about that. Hey, Sweet Caroline is white folk uh, nights, uh, dreams, and nightmares. You know what I'm saying? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So when I got to do those things, like. That night was one of the most epic nights of my life, man. My wife and kids were there. Some of my closest friends, like, everybody was just floored. Like, Coach HD caught me in the back and told me how enamored he was about his wife, the AD, the chancellor. Like, it was just insane. Like, my DMs, like, the wrestling coach was trying to get me to come do wrestling events. The women's basketball team was inviting me to games. Brought a whole different energy to the the, the gym. Everybody was like, we got to get that swag in our environment. And... So 
Hoots hit me up. Like, this happened on Friday. So by Monday, Hoots hit me up. And he was like, um, so how does it feel, man? And I was like, man, I can't even explain it, dude. Like, I was like, every organization on campus wants me to come and do something with their joint now, man. He was like, yeah, I figured that was going to happen. So before you say yes to any of those, um, Coach HD wanted me to call you and ask you, would you be interested in doing what you did at late night for all the home games? Beautiful. Yes. That's beautiful, man. That's beautiful. On a side note, man. On a side note, I had a chance to to be the assistant coach under Melvin Scott for a couple of years at Voyager High School. That's who I've been working. That's who I've been working beside at the high school. Oh wow, that's lit. Melvin Scott. He's not there this year. We got a new coach this year, but but uh, I spent a couple of years working under Melvin Scott. So yeah, everybody like and he always spoke very highly of you and the job you were doing. No, that's love. I appreciate that. I don't even think I actually um ever really met Melvin Scott. But like I know they got group chat and the boys be talking about me, man, and like they just so dope, man. Like because through the years I've gotten to know certain players, so they know how passionate I've been about Carolina basketball. So Oh yeah, this ain't fake. Uh, like he didn't put this on yeah. just for right. just just to nah. get the job, man. Like when we were working at the station, like Dot would come in and if Carolina lost the day before, then we would be like, Oh Lord, you know Dot Green coming. Av Av would be like, Don't say nothing to Dot. Carolina got their ass with last night. <laughs> <laughs> so that this didn't is, happen a lot, though. Let's be clear. Yeah, that did not happen. A yeah, lot, but but man. yeah, but you know, Carolina and Duke play. If Carolina right. lost, like yeah, like don't even don't look at that. Don't look him in the eye. Don't look him in the eye. Carolinas, Carolinas. Come on, man. Go ahead. Yeah, boy. Yeah, boy. Hey, Doc, I got on when's your birthday? It's, what, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Did you did you hear what he said? Did you hear what he said? Did you hear what he said, Doc? Yes. That's, I meant to say that earlier in the interview, yo. Like, that's when, like, I told you one time when, when I used a, a, a word that made Cap say, wow, like, and how that made me feel like, dang, I impressed Cap J. But when I found out that me and Cap had the same birthday, like, 911, oh, 911, wow. right. boy. Hey, so 911, 911. So they it got your over, birthday right. right up here. I, I, I Googled you and they say you were worth 16 million. I wanted to find out. Damn. I wanted to find out. You know, like, <laughs> I mean, what's really good? I mean, <laughs> hey, DL, that means I just took a $4 million hit because a couple years ago it said I was worth $20 million. So don't believe none of that. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> I hear you, you but know. hey, shout out to everybody born on September 11th. Yes, we the you know bomb, what I'm saying. We, we the, the me and Dot, we the twin towers at at at, at jams. That's my twin. Back. That's my brother from another. Right, right. Twin towers never fail though. Never fail not one. But back to this 16 million. <laughs> 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 Nigga, that's cap. You know what I'm saying? A couple of years ago, it said 20 million. That is cap. I mean, it, yeah. with changes in the economy, I understand you taking that hit, you know, but. Right. Hey, right. there hasn't been a slow point tonight. And I promised, you know, that we were going to get to. Now, now. We talk about homecomings now. I know we just did a whole B dot history, and all you fans of B dot out there, I hope that you have gotten to know him a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And um, this is the point in the show where we want to talk about some things. Like uh, you went to an HBCU, Winston Salem State yeah. University. Now, since this right. is our you know our show is about hip hop and and how 
North Carolina, the 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 impact that North Carolina's had on hip hop, and that hip hop has had on North Carolina. Right. And since North Carolina has so many HBCUs, one of the things that I want to talk with you about is the impact of the homecoming environment mm-hmm. on spreading hip hop music across the world. Like hip hop is an art form that started in New York. You know, we we celebrating uh, fifty years of hip hop this year, right? And and the art form got out of New York in a few ways, and one of those ways is students, students coming from other states to HBCUs and bringing their music from their region. And those songs become popular. And then when homecoming happens, a lot of colleges brought those artists to their to their schools. Right. Which further expanded the reach of hip hop during that time period. And um that's one of the things I want to talk to you about because I know how important like I know how busy you get during homecoming season. It's not just Winston State. You do a lot of different homecomings, do you not? Yeah, absolutely. And you've seen like and 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 me, like I'm I'm older than Dot. So, you know, Dot is not my age. You know, this right. is my little brother. Yes. And during the time that I was coming up, part of the ways that 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 I was able to see these artists, like I used to come from Tarboro to Greensboro. It wasn't a homecoming situation, but A and T used to have an Aggie Fest. I saw Kid play for the first time. I saw mm-hmm. Big Daddy Kane. You know, I saw these people but they were coming to visit the colleges. Right. Which expanded the reach of the music. And this is still going on today. Like, um, West Salem State, then who did y'all have? You 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 were at a party with who this this past week? They had Key Glock over there. Key Glock. Oh wow. Okay. You see what I'm saying? Dope. This is an opportunity for the students to see this person in person. Right. Rather than on video. And and you saw in um the TV show Atlanta. Mm-hmm. You remember um when Paperboy was trying to trying to get his name out there, he was going doing yes. college homecomings. Absolutely. And uh there are a lot of a lot That's of way, man. Yeah, a lot That's of right, artists absolutely. went to HBCUs too, like mm-hmm. Puff Daddy went to Howard. Right. Uh common uh it was common at Florida A and M, I think, for a period Some of time. Way. Yeah. Uh two chains, Virginia right. Union. Right, Blueface went to Fayetteville State. Blueface was at Fayetteville State. Stop playing yeah. and left. Yeah, so two changes at Albany State. But he's Virginia not the State, only one. Virginia State. Virginia State. He went to V State. Yeah. V State. Okay. He went to and and it wasn't Albany. It was Alabama. He went to Alabama State on a basketball scholarship and played there from ninety five to ninety seven, and then he went to V State. Right. DJ Premier oh, right. went to Prairie View A and M. Okay. You okay. know. So and you got to think like this dude's bringing. So they're bringing. Mm-hmm. Hip hop all over the country, right? To HBCUs, right. Dos Effects at, at Dos Effects Shaw. was in, in Nah Nah. That was on uh, Lords of the oh, Underground with Shaw, right? Dos Effects was at Virginia. They might have been Virginia Union. Okay, okay. But you DJ know, Envy went to Hampton, right? So yeah. these these are influential people in the hip hop world. They went to HBCUs and they brought their love and their their, their music. Mm-hmm. And they helped develop their styles right. in college, mm-hmm. and you've seen a lot of this firsthand. So let's talk about the the impact 
the hip hop has had on H- HBCUs and the HBCUs have had on hip hop during the time that 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 we've been doing this. And it's not, and, and, I, and I can expand that beyond HBCUs. Like when I was at at UNCG my freshman year, brand newbian came. Mm-hmm. You know, just the college period. Okay. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like right. when when I got there, I was introduced to Source Magazine mm-hmm. by the first guy I was on the radio with was friends with the guy the the guys that started Source Magazine. Oh wow. First dude is a white dude. He had a right. Def Jam jacket. I'm like, what's this guy with a Def Jam jacket? Right. And he's like, yo, my boy's got this little magazine, yo. You know what I'm saying? So like, hip hop is expanding through the colleges. <clears throat> so let's talk about what you've seen happen on HBCU campuses and the impact that these homecomings are having. These concerts, like, wouldn't you say that these concerts are a serious venue and a serious way for 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 rappers get exposure to a group of people that would not know who they are otherwise. Not just rappers, man. Like any type of entertainer, any type of um, entrepreneur, any type of creative. Like the reality is, man, y'all know black folk, we create the waves. Indeed. Regardless of what it is. Like from the creation of America to the creation of rock and roll to like whatever you want to like black folk we set the trend jazz right everything. and everything right and an hbcu mm-hmm. is filled with nothing but black folk right mm-hmm. it's just a bunch of creatives mm-hmm. all in one space a melting like, pot i get so fresh a melting pot bro um and i get frustrated when i go and talk to students and they're all talking about they can't wait to start their podcast when they graduate or they can't wait to start their whatever when they graduate and i'm like that is the dumbest logic Absolutely. like because your audience is right here yes like that's what i was like i think maybe going to college again i told y'all like i didn't graduate from high school and go straight to college i took a three-year gap and then was forced sort of to college and when i got to college i was older than a lot of my peers you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like I was, I was turning 21 as a freshman, so I was one making that after the ABC store runs and shit like that. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> that was a dope a time on it. Yeah, you feel like I had I was a level like, of yeah, respect over my peers. <laughs> you know, what I'm right? So they like they look up to you like the OG already, and right. all of y'all was on the same playing field. So right. from there, I had a level of respect that I got from folks, and it's just again back to the point of just being around the same people every day with all the goals of trying to be successful and stuff. Like you don't know who everybody's going to turn up and who everybody's going to grow up to be. Mm-hmm. So you all just working together for a common theme type joint. And because I was in a situation where I saw ahead in the idea that one day, all of these people are going to go out. Like it would be dope if they still remembered me. Right, you know what I'm saying, like, and that's the thought process that I try to give to the students now. Like, everybody right here, when when all of y'all five, six, seven, eight years from now that you can't really see right now, but it's gonna happen regardless. Like seven years from now is gonna be 2030. You might be, you might can't see 2030 right now, but it don't matter if you see it or not. Seven years from now is gonna be 2030. Right. In 2030, what have you done in those seven years? That's the question because them seven years is coming regardless. Mm-hmm. So in that meantime, in that work time, like when these people are going out and they're all and they come back to college and they come back for homecoming and they're remembering 
Oh, I remember B Dot. He used to make me laugh in undergrad. Oh, he's on TV now. I'll support that. These right. people become your supporters for the rest of your freaking life because they remember you. Remember what made you happy. Who you telling? What brought you joy. I'm still DJing for people that bought mixtapes when I was in college. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Because they they've made something out of themselves. Now you got to get to know these people when they're on the, on the come up. Because you're not gonna right. you're not gonna get anything out of them once they get what they got. Right. You had to 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 be battling in the trenches with them mm-hmm. back in the day. Right. Right. And that's where it happens in college. Mm-hmm. And, and when the, when the when performers and and, and hip hop comes to for homecomings and stuff like that. And they're coming to like when Biggie, when Puffy's bringing Biggie to Howard's homecoming, he know what he's doing. It's the most people going to be there. And it's not just the students that are there. You got alumni there. You get the full service. Like so you get Rams or present time or Howard's case, you get Bison of present time and Bison of past time. And you get to present them. Now, if, if, if I'm an artist, I tell them the students all the time. Like if you're a rapper and you're telling me, how can I get my music on the radio? Forget the radio. And nobody. Off the radio, right? Right. You better get your music on campus, right? Go to ENT Homecoming, bro. And if it ain't on campus, it's never gonna be on the radio, right? Your goal should be to perform whatever your song is in front of the students at the concert, Mm -hmm. right? Because if Mm -hmm. they like it, right? How dumb they went? No, no, not if they like it. They should already know it. Like, all you got one single. Like, that's the problem with a bunch of these people. There's a whole nother tangent. They ain't got nothing to do with nothing. But putting out folks too much always music. feel like they got to put out an album. I got to put out an album so right. you can hear where I'm coming from. You need one single, dog. You that's need it. one hot track that everybody knows to hook to. That's mm-hmm. all you They don't have to know the words to none of the verses. All they got to know is to say, see, that's it. That's all right. you need. You yep. play be that A&T, every... right? Yeah. Sexy right. Red, yeah. yeah. She's the biggest artist. I was she's surprised gonna be in at that this too. She, oh, she's gonna be in Winston. Okay, I was surprised at that. You remember uh, all the way turned up, all yeah. the way. Mm-hmm. I heard yeah. that first and went to Salem State Homecoming. Oh wow! I believe it. Yeah, you like, know what I'm saying. I've seen, saying? I've seen mm-hmm. um, Kanye West at Auntie's Homecoming before. He, like he was still wearing polos and backpacks. Like, right. Everybody knows that. Like it's 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 like knit. What is who who did that? Um, gosh, I'm having a brain fart. There was a company, Pepsi. Black folks saved Pepsi, man. This, yeah. I did an episode of I didn't know maybe you didn't either about this. Black folks saved Pepsi. Mm-hmm. Coca Cola was a drink that white folk used to drink because mm-hmm. it used to have Coke in it. Mm-hmm. Coca Cola right, literally right. had Coke in it. And Pepsi is homegrown right here in North Carolina. Well, no, no, no. Those sweatshirts. Yeah, now that is a fact. That is a fact. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as it pertains to Coke versus Pepsi. When black folks start drinking coke, that's when they took the cocaine out of it because they start saying that they didn't want a bunch of black folk all coked up. Mm-hmm. So black <laughs> folks, so Pepsi was on some shit like, seriously, you can look all this shit up. Pepsi was on some joint like, because people were drinking coke like three to like three to one or something, some crazy number. Okay. So Pepsi was like, yo, we're just gonna focus our attention just on the black um, community. That's it. We're gonna mm-hmm. go into these black communities, and we're gonna give them. We're gonna give them Pepsi. We're gonna trust. And then um, Pepsi started kicking Coke's ass. And you know what? Like, that made sense because I I can remember as as a youngster, Pepsi because of the the what do you call it the cooler inside the store. Yep. It was always yep. a Pepsi cooler. 
Yep. <laughs> you might go find some Coca Cola in the Pepsi cooler. Yeah, <laughs> for real. Their branding was on point, dog. Yes. And they actually that, that marketing strategy was actually the start of niche marketing or niche marketing, however you want to pronounce N I C A. Right, right. What Pepsi did to what Pepsi did to Coca Cola, courtesy of black people, hmm. was the creation. That was the first time ever a company said, "I'm going to straight target." Black people, 100% black people. That's my only target. It was the first time it had ever been done. They created niche marketing. And then they so found out that we spend money. All the time. So right. if you can ever get your product in front of a group of black people, hmm. odds are you're going to do well. Money. So for Unless artists, you black. getting in front of an HBCU is very beneficial for what you're trying to do as an artist. Right. Right. And the thing, the thing people don't realize is that an HBCU, they don't just get it and share it on campus. They go home on the weekends. They go home for yeah. holidays, and they take that. Um, I was in Tarboro back in the day, and uh, Cat Mike Dawson went to Central, I think, and he came home during the Christmas holidays, and he was playing Love's Gonna Get You by KRS-One. I had never heard that song before. Okay. But he came home playing it like, yo, this is what they bumping up there. And it spreads, you know, like it's not just like Go-Go wouldn't be Go-Go without A&T and Central and all those students from D.C. bringing that music to North Carolina. We wouldn't give a damn about Go-Go music here. Right, right. That was the college influence. I brought Jeezy to North Carolina personally. Okay. Personally, and I did that on a Winston Salem or on a HBCU college spring break. We all down in Miami, and they're going. <clears throat> we were sitting out on the strip, just walking the strip like you do on spring break, and a white van pulls up, and this Arab dude jumps out, and he's screaming, and he's giving out our mixtape, and he then boom, 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 give us his mixtape. He jumped back in the van, and he did. Come to find out, that was DJ Khaled. Here's one for you Here's one for you Dot That I bet you didn't know I bet you didn't know DJ Khaled used to live in Greensboro And that his mom and daddy Had a store in Carolina Circle Mall I damn sure did They had one of them uh, Urban clothing store In Carolina Circle Mall Wow That's crazy Wow That is crazy Yeah Put that in your pipe And smoke it So damn, when we damn was riding back home, damn, it was the Jeezy mixtape, and damn, Jeezy and and Rick Ross. I never forget damn being down in Atlanta. I was, I mean, down in Miami on spring break with um Big Lip, Big Lip Bandit, Bandit. dude. Mm. I'm down with Big Lip, and Big Lip was um hosting a um a pep rally at a high school. And I dipped for my friends, and I was like, I'm going to go holler this dude who did a radio back home type joint. And I caught an Uber over to Big Lip. And he went and dropped um, Hustling. And that was my Ooh. first time ever hearing Hustling. Mm. And, like, the way the fucking room erupted, rapping every word, word for word, I had never wow. seen anything like that in my life. And I looked at Big Lip, and I was like, what the fuck is this? He said, y'all ain't playing Rick Ross up there? Hmm. And I'm like, nah. He was like, you're tripping. But listen, the the, the mixtape that Khaled gave me, I had been telling my partners, and I was like, yo, man, we gotta, I'm telling, man, it's this song I heard. I came, I don't know who, the, I can't remember his name. 
but dude, it's the hardest record I've ever heard in my life, y'all. I swear to God. And we put Khaled's mixtape in, dog. And in that mixtape, the very first song, every day I'm hustling, hustling, I just start screaming. That's, that's it. That's the song. That's the song. <laughs> we listen to that song 20 times straight. Back to back to back to back. Like we just could whip it real hard. Did they say he know Nori Ager? Who the fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. But Bro. yeah, that's that's how these things happen, man. Colleges, man. Bro. HBCUs and, and college events help spread this music so much, man. And you you seen it firsthand. You seen how how like a Rick Ross can be happening in one area and it takes a person to bring it you know just one person and and you could have not been on the radio you could have just been a student which happens a lot of the times one student Uh you know like we used to listen to a lot of Chicago juke music Uh and there was a guy at A&T named DJ Mono Uh and I used to get all my stuff directly from him but we we had a juke music presence because of DJ Mono being an A&T from Chicago. Wow. Okay. Wouldn't have known anything about that had he not shown up. Right. You know, same right. thing with Baltimore Club, New Jersey House. Like, all these, it, all it takes is one person to show up on campus. Mm-hmm. And they could be a game changer for a whole area getting their music outside of their region. And it's it's no, such real. it's such a big deal, man. Such a big deal. You know no, that's real. Like I um just to that point, last thing I just want to say about that is like A and R's be hitting me up like can you can I pay you to give some music to the DJ to play something during the Carolina games or during the swarm games and stuff like that. Folks hit me up with stuff like that all the time, dog. Right. Because like, they know that if, if it catches get, on in college, bro, it's a wrap. Like you looking at it's like Carolina. Carolina has twenty one thousand fans every home game. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, if you can get your music played in front of that, it's a good look for you. Right. You talking about seventeen? What seventeen, eighteen thousand students? It's right. a, it seems like it's more. Right. When you look at the game, it seems like it's more people than twenty one thousand. Yeah. Right. Well, you yeah, got your television audience too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I'm just saying. But the people yeah. who are right there in attendance, right. man, they they take that stuff. It seems like and, so uh, and and it's so serious that um, I, I DJed at middle school in Chapel Hill Friday night. I used not to be able to play swag surfing for middle school students. Hmm. Now I can. Did they surf? Of course. Okay. But okay. but these we're in Chapel Hill, right? And now the same swag surfing phenomenon that that circulated through the HBCUs and all the black parties has has an expanded reach now. Mm. And I'm not saying it's just because of B dot, right? But that damn sure helped out. Okay, that damn sure did. You know, because like to the point where I'm talking about like like people at Carolina saw video of an HBCU doing the swag surf. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about, oh, look at them stealing our moves. <laughs> right. And, they don't know that it's and, already been happening. Dude, they think they invented this whole oh thing. My God. And black folk was hitting me up like, hey, yo, Doc, get your, get your homeboy. Yeah. Like, right. Let the people know what it is, my boy. But I play swag surf for middle school students in Chapel Hill now. Wow. Yeah. It has it low-key become the theme song of, of Chapel Hill. Right. 
Wow. Right. And I see, I get to see that firsthand being here in the area. <laughs> you know, and I, I see the impact that, that, that this is having. So, so, you know, you made a, like, at this point, I, it's hard to believe that that was 20 years ago when I met you. Hmm. 20 years passed just like that. And you've had a major impact on the game. So, um, I want to give you your flowers, sir. Yeah, man. Man, I appreciate that, Cap. For real, for real. I do. I really yep. do. Congratulations. Yeah, I'm really proud of you, man. For real. Thanks, bro. Yeah, I, I I like to feel like I'm a I'm a pretty good recognizer of 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 people who have something, and I always right. knew you had something, and right. and you have that something that's hard to define. So you know you never know what lane is going to be appreciated in, whether it's the sports arena, the hip hop arena, the radio arena, the television arena. But whatever you have translates across across all of those different types of media. So man, I'm 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 proud of you, man. Good job. No, I appreciate that, Cal. Like for real. Because, you know, when you go when you're doing stuff, you're not really taking time to as they say, smell the roses. And every now and then I try to daggone celebrate my accomplishments and, and acknowledge my successes. But I have so many other goals and so many things that I want to do. I want to get that six mi- sixteen million in the bank, my boy. So I can be like, yeah, that was accurate, deal. Okay. Damn right, it's sixteen. As a matter of fact, <laughs> I just made a deal for another twenty mil, so we up to thirty six mil. I want to be able to have them conversations, but okay, um, you know, when I have these conversations like this, where I do get a chance to sort of reflect and look back on, because I've just been writing down a lot of stuff that we've been talking about and just saying through this, and it's like. I have been blessed, man. Like I've, I've been, I've, I've really lived, and I'm really living um, a, a dream that I had as a child. You know what I'm saying? And in a lot of aspects, I have become um, a person that I needed as a child. You know what I mean? And right. I, I take great pride in becoming that. You know what I'm saying? I take great pride in not being able to be um, painted. As because a, a lot of times folks want, are you a comedian? You're a comedian. I never wanted to be painted as a comedian because I'm not a comedian. Mm-hmm. I can be, a, I can tell jokes. You're a dude can that, that a can do dude. comedy. Right. Exactly. Exactly. But I, I'm not going to be funny all the time, but I'm always going to be entertaining. You're always going to be entertained. You're always going to enjoy yourself. And just being able to be confident in that and, and people who I've always respected and looked up to like, I tell people all the time, like when we was at the party, like people know, like Cap is the best DJ I've ever worked with. Like I love Jay Flex, I love Deron and MC, and a bunch of DJs that I really, really love. But if I got to go to war with somebody, it's nobody better than Cap J. Like I've just seen him read too many rooms. I've seen him DJ too many different parties and two different situations where like. He just always know the right thing to play. Like, and he's never out or never appears to be out of his comfort zone. You know what I'm saying? Like no matter what room he's in. And I I know that's not the case because I know he's a professional. So I know there's times when he's like, dang, I hope this works. And I'm glad that worked. But from the appearance from the, from us, it just always looks like he's just always prepared regardless of what room. He's always the most knowledgeable in the room. He's always the funniest. He's always like, and I always just respected that. So, for you to give me my flowers, I, I can't help but return that and, and just say that I had nothing but love and admiration for you, dog, since before you even knew for real, for real, who I was, I knew who the hell Cap J was. So to be here on your platform and watching you from 
husband to parent to coach to you know to podcaster to DJ yeah we, we had like, we had sons at the same time too it's just dope though man like so i appreciate y'all tonight for real for real man like i appreciate the platform and just being able to just reflect a little bit and have some laughs and some fun and i, I appreciate this moment for real like if something happened when dana lucci passed away it made me realize the importance of getting everybody's story and recording it you know what I mean you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow but I could always tell this story but it's better to have the person telling it themselves and I want to make sure I get everybody's story all these people that I've come across like there's some great 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 people in North Carolina and I want to make sure I get everybody's story man so right right that's exactly what it is mm-hmm. and now you sir have been archived in North Carolina, in North Carolina greatness right and before it's all over I want to get I want to get everybody that that ever made an impact on me and anybody else around here in this music game and um you know and your reach goes I beyond like music but but that's what I'm trying to do because there's a lot of people like we talked to Mr. Freeze and I know a lot of people don't know who Mr. Freeze is and he said this was the only interview he ever gave mm-hmm. and if something would God forbid if something would happen to him tomorrow then I'm so glad that we were able to get right what we got out of him because he's been so instrumental for so long. So I'm glad you came on today, man. Really appreciate you being here, and we appreciate everything you've done so far. And um, is there anything what's what's coming down the pipeline? Anything you want to plug or advertise or let us know about that's coming up? Um, yeah, for sure, man. I, um, you know, basketball season coming up. So if you're a Tar Heel fan, make sure you get out to a game. Make sure you holler at me. I'm very accessible pre-game and post-game pictures and all of that. My podcast is coming back season three on iHeartRadio, Black Effect Podcast Network. Dope. Um, actually just picked up a sponsor with um, Nissan today, so I'm very excited about that because we'll be able to actually put the visual component nice. um, to the audio mm-hmm. component, man. Like, I'm, I'm really glad to be building partnerships with them, and um, so I'm very excited about that. Uh, also... Um, I'm in the talks for NAACP Image Award for the podcast this year. Beautiful. So um, hopefully I'll be having some information on that pretty soon. And, you know, just keep it locked to my social media, man. I'm just trying to build my platform. I'm trying to get to 100,000 followers, man. I got 95,000 followers, and I don't have $16 million. I'm trying to get to $16 million (laughs) and 100,000 followers. That's my goal in the next uh, for the rest of the year. Well, if if IG was around in 1995, I would have had thousands of followers. But right now, I need some help. So, anything you could do. Put your social media out there, Cal. Go ahead. Yeah, man. Look, it's the real capital J at Real capital J on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And um, and Jerome capital J Dick is on Facebook. But um, but yeah, any chance you get to plug me up, man, plug me up, man. That's what I need. We need to blow this thing up, cause I, I ignored social media for a long time, just being old. Yeah, All right, man. Yeah. Ain't nobody knew no damn Instagram. <laughs> it's still a struggle <laughs> to get him to post, man. Yeah. So now my wife, my wife got me trying to post more. So yeah, you got to like let her do it or let Kyle do it. Pay the kids to do it. 
Like, yeah. But you got to do it. And, like, with the podcast and stuff like that, like, you got to have somebody that can break up little clips and put little snippets out. And then you got to have consistency with them joints. Like, that's all, right. all this podcast. I mean, that's all the social media game is. We consistent. Because right. guess what? This might be episode, what, 50? We're going to make it 50. We're going to make this episode 50. We probably done 50 like 60 or 70. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, we're going to call this episode 50. Absolutely. <laughs> It be that guy. Fact, you can without getting flagged. Follow some fifty cent music. Junior Nick, what we in here? What? what? We can, but they might flag and put. Bo, bo, bo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got a couple questions before we get out of here. First of all, I want to give you an award on our show too, because we are at two hours. <laughs> yeah, this is the longest podcast we ever recorded. And KJ always talk about we gonna clip. I was like, yeah, this, this ain't clipping nothing. Nah, this long as hell, man. We but just you, running. You got an interesting story, you know what yes. I'm saying? We may do a part one, part two, or no, we, we, or we just run whole the whole thing. thing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You are second to Andre Willis. Yeah. You don't oh, know right. who Andre Willis is, do you? No, I do Listen not. to the podcast, damn it. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not if you say I'm this long, man. Nah, nah, it, it was good. You'll be, you'll be on the edge of your nah, seat. I'm going to check it out. Andre Willis. Yeah, right. Andre Willis. Yeah. Coming from um, the Rams, W, I mean, Winston-Salem State. Did you ever meet Stephen A. Smith? Yeah, man, Stephen A. Yeah. It, Hopefully I get to meet Stephen A. again. Me and Stephen A. on on, on the best of terms. Hell, guy. Uh, well, I shouldn't yeah. ask the question I was going to ask. Them. <laughs> no, you can ask. Go ahead. I love Stephen A. He just got mad at me and blocked me on Twitter. Like I love him. Like we just had uh, an exchange on Twitter, and he didn't like it, so he got in his feels a little bit and blocked me. And we haven't really talked since. But I love Stephen A. I always rep Stephen A. He puts on for all my model. And right. I ain't got number love for the Ocho. I was going to ask you about his hairline, but why did he block you on Twitter? <laughs> <laughs> Because on Twitter because when we were um when we were um playing football um on a high level at Winston State competing for a national championship okay I didn't feel like he was giving us enough um attention on first tape mm. and you know I, I challenged him on it on Twitter and you know I was like yo man like you know I don't even remember what I said but it it was like. It was very direct. It was very out of line. I, I wanted to agitate him. I wanted him to see the, the comments, and he saw them. And he told me I didn't know what I was talking about. He said he um, donates his time and his money or something. And I had known some of the money that he had donated. So I threw out the money like, man, donate that love. You don't know what I donate. Get your facts straight. And he blocked me. So uh, that was pretty much it. Like, mission accomplished. That, and in fact, I'm about to say, after that moment, he will not stop shouting at Winston. I went to Winston. I went to Winston. Man, know that's right. You know, right on. So right like, on. Like, you know, if I had to damn be the martyr to make that happen, then so what? So be it. Right on, man. Yeah. But, so you but heard. The hairline is ridiculous, though. The hairline is very Sherman Hemsworth. <laughs> <laughs> this is the part where we <laughs> off the rails. <laughs> we off the rails. We need a good bus driver. <laughs> 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 hey, we're gonna we're gonna shut it down because we, uh, you know, like I said, you are, you've made history yes. as the longest <laughs> podcast we ever recorded, right? But but I I challenge anybody to say this wasn't a, an entertaining ass two hours. So right, right. 
So, um, you know, and we wanted to be informative, and I think you were very informative. You you know, you explain to people what it takes to get where you got, and that's all I want. That's all I want is is for people to be able to listen and say, hey, if this is what I want to do, here's a guy who did it, and this is what he had to do to get where he is, and you gave us that, man. So thank you. Absolutely. No, thank y'all, man, for real, for real. I appreciate y'all, and um. At uh, Carolina Duke, I'm definitely gonna be down that way so I can come to the studio with my Carolina clothes on and talk big, big, big shit. Yeah, yeah, we'll go live and we'll talk about um, maybe we'll talk about the the you know the sports influence on that show. Hey, matter of fact, what'll be dope is I'm gonna see when Ninth is available because Ninth Wonder is um my Duke nemesis. Like he's the oh, biggest wow. Duke. Ah, that'll be dope. So he and yes. I, we talk a bunch of trash all the time. That's all we do around this time. So that'll probably be dope, man. Setting up that drum. So I'll rivalries. See, I'll the dates on that. We'll do a rivalry show. Hmm. Yeah, rivalry show. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And we can and we can and you know what? That'll be a good opportunity since it's hip hop show. We'll right. talk about hip hop rivalries. <clears throat> Absolutely. From the perspective, yeah. starting off on Duke Carroll. Yeah, robbery is dope. I like that. Yep, that's and y'all cool. can come right in because we, we got the studio right here off Glenwood. Mm-hmm. Right by the mall. Yep. Check on the um check on the two Carolina dates, and we'll make one of them joint shakes for sure. No doubt. That's going to gotcha. be dope, man. That's going to be dope. We're going to plan on I like that. that. Right. I think that's I like a great that. idea, man. Dot, I love you, bro, man. My 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 fellow Twin Tower, B Dot has been in the building tonight. Nine Eleven in full effect. You know it. Uh, yep, it's Appreciate been the Capital you, City Capital City Podcast. I'm your host, Capital J, B Dot, in full effect. Anything you want to say to the people before we get out of here? Appreciate y'all, man. Nothing but love, DL, man. Bring you over to the good side, that Carolina Blue and that WSSU Red. You did? I got you, man. I'm a Cowboys fan. That's <laughs> it, man. Oh man, don't even get me started on them cowboys. That's it, Lord man. Jesus. Hey, that's a whole nother cowboy. That's a whole yeah, nother. You trying to go another hour? Alongside <laughs> my host, my main man, DL Glass. And we out of here.